Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net, here once again with my good friend, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, hailing from his residence in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Alo Aaron Lloyd, the European champion. We're here once again talking about the newly split Raw and SmackDown brands. I guess we'll get a little bit into which show has been better thus far. Uh, real quick before we get started, Conor McGregor had some yeah. choice words for the WWE roster. And then the WWE roster had some choice words. The entire roster had, th- had words for him. I think my favorite one was Big E saying, did you want us all to meet us all individually or do you want us all to come at once? <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> but a lot, Conor McGregor got a lot of heat for it. I actually enjoyed it. One, because that's who he is. Two, because he has a big fight coming up and it got a whole bunch of people who know of UFC, but maybe aren't necessarily going to watch every fight. They're probably going to take, maybe they're going to pay to go watch him get knocked out or choked out again. Uh, more money in his pocket. Also, I still, to this day, believe eventually we will see him in WWE. After this. I think there's no stunned. doubt we will see him sometime in the next three to five years. In a WWE, maybe not in the ring, but we'll see him in the arena at some point. Um, I know Sheamus at one point had said he would beat up, be able to beat up Conor McGregor, which Sheamus, you're 280 pounds or whatever you are. <laughs> Conor McGregor is a 145 pound fighter. Oh, it was JBL who said, "Get some weight, you can be in the cruiserweight division." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gain, yeah, if you put on some weight, you could be in the cruiserweight division. Also, Conor McGregor has a huge Twitter following. He has a huge following around the world. He has a fight that probably a million people are going to watch in two less than two weeks. He just puts WWE in the spotlight as well. Yeah. So it really is not a bad thing. I know the fans kind of got pissed about it, but I thought it was funny. I don't think he really believes that. I don't think he really cares one way or the other. He has said before <coughs> that he is a wrestling fan. I think it's funny, and I'm kind of glad that he said it. I kind of actually hope this keeps going on. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Conor McGregor feud with the entire WWE roster. That'd be interesting. (laughs) So, Raw this week. Top story still. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor fighting for the Universal Championship at SummerSlam. The first NXT champion against the longest reigning NXT champion. Seth cuts a promo saying any normal man would still be laying on this mat after the, uh, the Pele kick from Finn Balor, but I'm no normal man. He talked. He kind of put into question Finn Balor, like, who are you really? Brought his mythology into it and everything, and I loved that Seth said, oh, I will prove that I am the legend, I am the myth, I am the man. Love that he's putting himself over that way. And then we get the vignette from Finn Balor explaining his mythology, all the people from Irish mythology he used to create this character, this demon king that he is why it's so important to him, why it drives him, why it fuels him. And all I can think is that there's no way Finn Balor is not <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just, they basically told us yeah. already who's winning. Yeah. So you agree. You see no you, way that he does not win. You can't debut the demon and lose. <laughs> it was just kind of a shame for Seth. Yeah. Like, did Seth just get overshadowed already? Nah, not yet. We haven't seen a demon yet, and then he's calling out. Is he calling the demon out next week or de- on Raw next week? He is calling out the Demon King. So I don't know if we'll see the demon on Raw next week or if we'll see Finn. 
What did you think, though, of them having a vignette instead of Finn actually appear on the show? Well, I love that because we know Finn isn't. Well, he'll he'll get better, but he's not a fa- he's not great on the mic in a in ring basis. But well, we'll tell you about Finn is he's more theatrical than anybody on the roster. He has tons of charisma. He's very theatric, and those are the things that he excels in. He explained who who the demon is, and and um, all the Irish mythology. And he even said, Balor means demon king. And at SummerSlam, you will see the demon king. Those situations, Balor, Balor excels at. And I, I, really, I really like what Rollins did, too. He's like, who is Finn Balor? And he told me, who told us who, is, who Seth Rollins is. He, he's the man that met the legend. He took out he, he took out the Roman Empire. He conquered the beast. He, he, he shut John Cena. What, what did he say? He shut John Cena up or his nose? He, he, uh, he broke the face he that broke, runs the place. Yeah, he broke the face that runs the place. Yeah. So he put over who he is. But Finn, they did a perfect job with him of showing you how, showing you what he excels at and who the demon is, because the casual fans still they never seen the demon. A lot right. of the kids when his entrance come on, people don't throw their hands up. They just they're like, okay, everybody else is throwing their hands up. They still don't know who Finn Balor is, and it's the perfect way to introduce the demon. So I actually love the point you brought up about his theatricality because it's very true. And I think I talked last week about the Irish accent being almost like a hindrance. When he's talking to Seth Rollins, there's just something. I know it's still English, but there's something like that gets a little bit lost in translation sometimes. Sometimes the way you say certain things doesn't come across maybe the way you intend it to. But his Irish accent enhanced that whole vignette. Yeah, I thought like him talking about that subject matter in that voice, that accent, I thought was perfect. And I, I agree that it was it was a great way to put him over. You got him out there face-to-face with Seth. You had him get over on Seth a little bit. And now you have Seth come out and question, like, who are you really? Finn Balor isn't even your real name. It's supposed to mean this and this, but, like, what are you? Mm-hmm. And he's still saying, basically, like, you're, you're a, a lesser version of me. I'm basically the Heath Ledger Joker and you're, <laughs> you're the Jared Leto Joker. Uh, I, great at pulling up the pop culture references yep. lately for Seth Rollins. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think there's no way that, that Finn Balor. Yeah, they basically win. told us. But this is how you got debut. You have to show who the demon is. I didn't, I didn't expect Finn to be in the world in a world title match first. I expect somebody else, a mid card, maybe Jericho to got something out of him. But this is the, another great way to introduce, introduce Finn Balor and to make him the first Universal Champion. I do think it's a good way to do it. As a noted huge fan of Seth Rollins, I'm kind of, I don't want to say disappointed. Because I do love Finn, too. And you're right. It is a great way to debut the guy and put him right on top. It's just like, you know, Seth beats Roman, gets the title back, loses it in five seconds. Then loses to Dean on... Was it SmackDown or Raw he lost that match? Was it the night before the draft? Or SmackDown. the night of the draft? SmackDown. Night of the draft. Loses clean to Dean Ambrose on SmackDown. Loses at Battleground. And now is going to lose to Finn Balor. It's like, boom, he's on a losing streak again already. Mm-hmm. And they put all this time, they made him the number one pick. They put all this time into him being the one that could beat Roman Reigns and bring the title to Raw. And now he's going to lose the uh, the first championship. But I guess they know they have a lot to possibly gain with Finn mm-hmm. Balor. And you might as well take your shot. Yeah, and the thing with that promo was it, w- it wasn't long. Finn's promo was quick and short, and I loved how he finished it when he said, Seth, I know you have your demon, but you never met a demon like this. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he comes out in the standard demon? Do you think he has some type of new 
Oh. Yeah, he's got different variants. Well, he always he always changes it up. It's never really a one basic thing. He usually changes it up a little bit, whether we notice it or not. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing the demon. I'm looking forward to people that don't know about the demon finally seeing the demon. And um, I can't wait to see what Vince Russo has to say. Oh, he loves demon. it. He loves the demon entrance. He just doesn't think that there's nothing to him other than that demon. He, so he's he, seen it before? Cause yeah, I, I, yeah. The way he talked to, about today, it. He ta- he talked about it today. And he was saying that the, the entrance is awesome. Him as the demon is fine, but him just as Finn Balor doesn't make sense. But what he but he's said a bunch of times that he doesn't watch NXT, so he doesn't know why he comes with the demon only on porn shows. The demon is something that he taps into when needed. That's what the demon is. But, but Vince Russo and Jeff Flayton didn't know that. They just said well, he should do that every every night. Do you think how do you think it could last a year if he was just the demon? No. You, you have to have something to look forward to. Yeah, I, that's kind of always been my thing too. That that was why I was kind of glad he didn't come out as the demon when he was. Because there were some people that well, why didn't he come out as the demon when he was drafted or whatever? Like his first night on Raw. It's like, well, SummerSlam's coming up. You got to assume he's probably going to be the demon there. Yeah. If you give it to people the first night, they're that anticipation for that is already gone. Yeah, and then he said, and then he said, I know, I heard it takes six hours to put the paint on, but why can't you just do his face? No, that takes away the whole thing. You need the, you need the whole body. He's not the Usos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he's not. He's the or a Usos. warrior. Yeah. So, so we're in agreement. Finn Balor clearly is going over. I think it's going to probably be the match of the night. Uh, that's card stacked. It's hard to tell. It is, but I just think that the anticipation for that, that crowd. For that match is going to be unbelievable, and those two guys I know are both going to be amped up for that. I mean, it's the biggest match of Finn Balor's career. By the way, your Balor, your Balor accent, excellent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's SummerSlam. <laughs> uh, we can move on to the women. I think that is a good place to go. We had Sasha Banks approached Mick Foley, saying, "I know Dane is going to get involved in this match at SummerSlam. Why don't we make it a handicap match?" She was willing to fight both of them at SummerSlam. Before I get into what ultimately happened, how did you how do you feel about her wanting the handicap match at SummerSlam? It made sense because she know she know Dana would get involved, but it kind of didn't make sense either because like Foley, you say if she loses, then it's a handicap match. But isn't that what she wanted? <laughs> that didn't really make any sense. Yeah, that yeah more more logical <laughs> loopholes. That's kind of how I felt. One. I don't know if they're trying to portray her as a fighting champion like they're doing with Dean Ambrose. Well, well that's what you, that's what a babyface would do. It's like, okay, I'll take you since you're going to be here. It's going to basically be two on one, so I'll take you both on. But <coughs> she asked for it, and then you you said, ah, no. But so I mean, ultimately, she she wins the match, and it's going to be a one on one match. Dana Brooke is not allowed at ringside. I thought it was a pretty sloppy match. Yeah, I guess obviously based on who Sasha's opponent was. I did like the match ending on the double knees, though. Yeah. I do like every once in a while a match not ending with your traditional finisher. I like mm-hmm. some unpredictability, and it was a quick match. Yeah. But I guess really there, this whole thing is just kind of being, we're just waiting to see what happens at SummerSlam. I mean, we got a pay-per-view quality match out of Sasha and Charlotte mm-hmm. on Raw for the title. They're not going to be able to live up to that. Every week. No, but SummerSlam, I think they'll give him enough time because people he, people are complaining that they should have gave it to, to Sasha at SummerSlam would have been a bigger moment. Kind of, that moment, yeah, but the story they told, especially last week, 
But Charlotte's saying you're a one night stand. So the story of Sasha doing everything she can to keep that title is the is the new story, and I think it will be an, be intriguing in, in the match. And this also goes back to something we've discussed many times before. You can't always save your big moments. Sometimes you just have to let your big moments play out and then keep challenging yourself to tell better and better stories. You're right. We, we were waiting for the Sasha Banks journey to win the championship. Well, now she's on a journey to hold it. And Charlotte obviously is a formidable opponent. I, there, were, there were rumors that she was going to take some time off or whatever. Uh. I have no idea if that's true. Nope. Okay, um, but I think it's it's probably also obvious Sasha holds on to the title at SummerSlam. I don't think they give it to her just to take it back. Although Roman Reigns had three title reigns in like a I month, think right? Thing is, I could kind of see Charlotte winning. I don't think she will, but I wouldn't. Be, I, I could see it happening if she did win. Do you do you think it makes any sense for her? Is there some way it makes sense for her to win, or you just think they might just do it? Well. Looking at the landscape of the roster, it doesn't make sense because you'll just have Sasha will have her rematch, and then where you go from there, they're, in a, they're into these longer title reigns now. It makes more sense that Sasha w- retains the title, and then I believe she'll be moving on to Nia Jax next, next because they'll build her up over time. Do you think that they maybe were like a little more ill prepared for this brand split than they realized? They, they weren't prepared for anything. Like because like you just said, there really is nowhere to go. There's, yeah, there isn't nowhere to go because There's, this this is where they messed up with giving her the belt on Raw, because Charlotte could have easily got herself disqualified on Raw and, and and Sasha won at SummerSlam and you can have this at night you can have Charlotte's rematch at Night of Champions and then by then Nia Jax could be built up to something by then. We don't know where we're gonna get a Clash of Champions because like I said, look at the thin roster. Mm-hmm. Maybe 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 that handicap match does happen, but with the landscape of the roster, you don't know what's gonna happen because. Nia Jax will only have a month of build after this match, after the SummerSlam match. So we have no idea what's going to be next. Yeah, she, I don't feel like she should be uh, winning the title anytime soon. But this, this kind of gets into exactly why I wanted all the women just on Raw for the first year. You spend time building up as many women as you can, calling up women from NXT over the course of the year, and then maybe a year later, maybe you have... Because they got, what, tw- six on each roster, yeah, I think? Yeah, and Paige is hurt. So Paige is hurt. Nobody really knows who Carmella or Alexa Bliss are yet. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, well, if you're talking about the Raw roster, it's what is it? Well, nobody nobody sees Alicia Fox. So what is it? It's, it's, it's Sa- Sasha, Charlotte, Dana, Alicia Fox, Nia, Dana Brooke. Yeah, so it's basically four women and Paige. So there's because there's two almost, out. There's almost nothing you could really do. Exactly. So I feel like they really painted themselves in a corner. I don't know if they just didn't think about it. I don't know if they just didn't care. It's WWE. Probably a little bit of both, <laughs> but. Nia Jax had a vignette last night, similar to Finn Balor. She didn't appear on the show, but as opposed to a squash match, she gets a vignette. Do you think this was better for her than getting an enhancement match? Do you think this maybe told her story a little more? Well, I like that they're still telling stories, even though she's not on the show. Because how many times where somebody debuts, that you see them for a couple weeks and then you don't see them again? Even though you don't see her in the ring, you see a vignette. So they are still building up Nia Jax as, as this credible monster. Now, whenever her and Sasha happens, I can't wait to see that because Sasha, Sasha, the promo show card on Nia Jax would be excellent. And just the dynamic of Sasha being the balls going against this bigger person, it'll be a, an incredible story to tell. Yeah, this this could be. So I always loved anytime HBK and the Undertaker cross pants because, as we mentioned. Uh, on Throwback Madness that The Undertaker is probably the best big man of all time. 
and HBK clearly does not have the size to match up with the Undertaker, but you believed him when like you believed him coming out on top in those matches. You believed how tough he was. You believed in his athleticism. You believed in the things he could do in the ring. I think this will be a similar dynamic where you have the monster in Nia Jax and then Sasha Banks in the HBK role where she's got so much swagger, she's got so much confidence, she's so cocky that you just believe that she has a chance. Whereas, like, Vince Russo always complains about, oh, well, this person's so much bigger than that person. How could I believe they could have any chance to win? Well, that's storytelling. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, either that or, you, or, like, after this, we do with Charlotte. Maybe some, maybe Charlotte goes one on Dana Brooke and she drops Dana Brooke. Or you have triple threat with Charlotte, Nia, and um, Sasha. That'll be fine, too. There's things to do. They just have to be done correctly, which the is the problem. The crazy thing is, though, a triple threat match is half of their women's roster. <laughs> Three fourths. <laughs> Three fourths. <laughs> Two are One's hurt, and you don't see the other one. Yeah. Uh, I do like the presence of Mick Foley, though. Because where people were usually just getting shot down by Stephanie or Vince all those years... Mick is actually listening to people. It's like he's a good boss or a good manager. Like he's trying to make people's work experience better. And I like that he's adding that element to the show. We talked for so long about the authority just looming so large overall. So a lot of people just wanted there to be no authority figure. I think just a very different type of authority figure is a nice change. And obviously, who could pull it off better than, than Mick Foley? Maybe the best GM in the history overall. He had a great run back in the early 2000s. Great commission, 2000. Yeah. So it's great to see him in that role. Uh, moving on from, from Sasha Banks, we have the tag team division. This probably shouldn't be the first thing because it doesn't involve the tag team champions, but I don't know how you felt about Enzo's promo that he cut when he came out. I just thought all that Sasha stuff was completely unnecessary. It was. <laughs> like, to me, if your whole thing was you were changing the face of women's wrestling, it's the divas revolution and the women's evolution, and we're making them superstars now instead of divas. They're on a level playing field. Why is Enzo coming out and talking about... Enzo, who's... He's funny, and I love Enzo and Cass, but Enzo's nobody in wrestling, really. He hasn't accomplished anything. Why is he out there talking about how? Oh, I think so. like I think uh, I think I had a shot with Sasha Banks after like. Why is that? No, he was, car- he was just carrying over what happened last week. He, car- he is carrying a story over with Jericho and, and Owens. I think they should have just focused on that story. I think the other stuff should have had nothing nothing to do with it. I feel like you're, you're belittling your women's champion by portraying her in that light. I don't know if that's just me being. Like overly reactionary to it, but as soon as I heard it, I was rolling my eyes. Like this is not the promo you should be cutting. Like that happened last week. You guys had a mixed tag match. I don't foresee Sasha Banks and Enzo and Cass having an alliance <laughs> going down the road. So I think they should have just left it at last week and then just gone right to Jericho and Owens. But that aside, when John Von Jericho that was a great line. <laughs> I obviously love Jericho coming out, and then ultimately Kevin Owens coming out. We discussed last week, it's going to be a lot of great microphone work in this feud. We already got a lot of it last night. Yep. 
I also think Enzo should not be having one-on-one matches. No. Well, we already knew he wasn't the best worker until he just he just knows how to do his job as a tag team wrestler and that's take and take all the heat and have great psychology as a psychology and a tag team. We already knew knew that about Enzo. He's a great bumper. Yeah, he does do that. He he sells taking a beating, but I just don't think he's good enough to be. Cass is one thing, like just his size alone, and the fact that he is athletic as he is for how big he is. You believe him in a match by himself. But like Jericho said, or like Owen said, that you have that dead weight. I liked you when we were in NXT. Yeah, I love that. And I love, I, <laughs> like me, you had this, this best friend that was just dead weight dragging you down. I got rid of mine, and you brought yours up to Raw. And then I, I love when they, when, um, they were looking at Cash and they like, I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Not you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we look at me. No, I'm looking at him. They look at right at Cass when he's talking about Enzo. Yeah, you were looking right at me. <laughs> and I loved when he told Enzo. Well, I always love when Jericho says this, but but you're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> what? It. <laughs> it. They said Jimmy Marvin Luter gave him some advice. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Marvin Luter. Yeah, even Jericho gets the most, like the dumbest things over. Like that, who else would have us using the the phrase "stupid idiot" or drinking all the time, or drinking in man, or the fact that we're still talking about Jim and Marvin Luter? Jericho is truly at genius level when it comes to his work on the microphone. By the way, talking about Jer- did you hear Jericho with Matt Hardy? I did. It was so good, unbelievable, po- dude. <laughs> now. That was like the probably the best podcast I've heard in a long time. So, Other than Matt Man. Yeah. <laughs> but that was ex- um it was so like when it started, I just started laughing. Matt Hardy basically cut a promo on Jeff for an hour and a half. And it Jer- was Jericho he you could hear Matt going in on his accent. Jericho tried so hard not to laugh, but he sold it like he was like strange like Matt Hardy was so strange. Yeah, while Matt Hardy the accent is all over the place. I got to give him credit for being 100% in character from start to yes. finish. He was never not broken Matt Hardy. Yes. And I had have talked about this before. Like, the Hardys, to me, never had a character. Matt Hardy, they, they never were, like, a big deal to me. They were fun to watch, but I never was invested in them. And Matt Hardy especially. Then I start seeing broken Matt Hardy, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of funny. It's kind of different kind of reminds me of a character that was created in our own personal backyard wrestling association back in 1998 but that's besides the point I always was like oh they're they're so bad at acting like imagine how good this segment would be that they're doing if they could act if they were actually good at the performance the dramatic performance part of it I didn't know what to expect with that pie it was like an hour and 15 an hour and 20 minutes and he was 100 percent that character for the whole time i loved every second I did. of it i thought jericho playing off of him was great like sometimes when he would say jeff he'd be like oh sorry i mean brother, brother nero because he wasn't supposed brother to keith say. i knew you'd come <laughs> i knew you'd come yeah i awesome podcast i'm glad you brought it. i wanted to bring it up and i forgot about it and i'm like thing with matt is matt is so underrated well i'll get to this later but he's very underrated and I love how he just shot on Jeff because this is the reason that I didn't like, like, I like Jeff Hardy, but this is the reason I would prefer Matt because he was saying how Jeff would do all these unnecessary things and it would cost him in the long run. Like, when he hurt his leg in the, in the motorcycle, I say it cost him the tag titles. 
in WWF days, they, they lost the tag titles because he would do unnecessary things. Jeff Lou's match because he'd do unnecessary things. That was a story. Matt played it off of that in that podcast mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. <laughs> I love that he said that he's going to make Jeff, Jeff he's my mule. <laughs> and I'll work him for every penny he has left. He, and then he said he's going to make him win back the tag <laughs> by himself. By himself. <laughs> Because, well, he lost him by himself. Yeah, because so. they had to give him the titles because he got hurt. Yeah. And I, I, I could not stop laughing. I told him, he said, Meek Mahan. Meek Mahan, yeah. Meek Mahan. I, and the, the honorable wrestling. And he, was, he had all these different <laughs> names. The, the new wrestling in Japan. Like, it was all these, like, different names for all of the wrestling organizations. Uh, what did he call Lucha Underground? I forgot. I he, remember, he was all yeah. over the place. It, it was, was so good. Yeah, I, I laughed at the Lucha Underground one. I can't remember what it was. But he has so many layers to that character now. Like there's so like that. There's like a full full on story that he has fully bought into. And I also enjoyed that he talked a lot about once he wins back the the, the third the third incarnation of, of Ethan, Eric, Ethan Carter. <laughs> <laughs> the that Cha- when he wins back the the world's what do you call the championship it? of the championship world. of the world he'll be that's the only thing that can make him become whole again. <laughs> so good. It was great and Jericho. Perfect interviewer for him. Yeah, and it made me want to watch TNA. Yeah, it did. Like, it made me want to watch Jeff have to win back the tag titles on his own. It made me want to watch this story more. A lot of, For a lot of people, I feel like this story ended at the final deletion. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, I haven't had the time to keep... I watched the next week of TNA. I haven't watched it since. But then listening to that, I'm like, I, I want to see where this goes. It's got me interested. And when's the last time TNA had anybody interested in anything? I it's been know. a long time. Yeah, I mean, I was never interested in it. I know you watched it, it one time. Yeah, it, yeah, when it was actually good, when it, had, when it had actually a million viewers. Yeah, which now they have, what, like 300,000? Yeah. If that. Total Divas has beaten them out a couple times. Are you serious? Yes. Oof. Well, you, well that's maybe you're the swing, the swing viewer <laughs> there. Whoever. So, so you want me to start promoting TNA on the show? <laughs> I'm a hell of a promoter. Hey, you TNA. are. You are the best promoter on Matt Madness. I wouldn't mind if you started promoting it. Uh, outside of... The promo, you know, Jericho beats Enzo. They challenge them to a match at SummerSlam, and they're on. You know, they say you're on. It's going to be a fun match. We weren't sure if it was going to be at SummerSlam. Like we said, it's a stacked card. I don't know where that even ends up on the card. Probably the opener. It'd be a great opener. Oh, I think. Oh, uh, you know what? You're right. That that it's is kind Brooklyn. of the obvious place for it to have that that music hit to open the show, and the roof will blow off mm-hmm. the place. That'll set that'll set the tone just as good as Bailey did for Battleground. Yeah, because you remember last year when they did the NXT taping at Brooklyn, that that was the perfect way to start the the, the, um, the TV tapings. Oh yeah, it was awesome. It's definitely the perfect way to do it. Uh, Doctor Anderson and Doctor Gallows showed so up last night, afflicting people with a case of ring post itis. <laughs> I thought it was great that they got to show some personality and humor. Yeah, I'm glad they're doing that because after they broke, split them up from majors, like, okay, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to go with somebody else? But I'm glad they let them have some personality and have let them have fun and be their own characters. Yeah, and like they have a thing now. Like that's their thing. They're going to give people ring post items. Yeah. <laughs> they tried to get Kofi with it last night. Xavier saved them, but they made quick work of Woods and Kofi. Well. Er- every match on Raw seemed to go by quick and didn't really didn't really do anything for me, but. The New Day without Big E just sold to me who's the most important member of the New Day. Because they didn't feel like the New Day without Big E. No, and I always thought, without a doubt, it was Xavier. Yeah, but even when but when it's just Big E and Kofi, it's fine. But without Big E, it did not feel the same at all. No, well, because Xavier is so little. And 
Kofi, yeah, just Big E just has that presence about he's the muscle. Like, what? how are they going to get by without the muscle of their group? Mm-hmm. There's no way to do it. That, that would be like, well, this is a different thing, but, you know, that's what, like, Roman was so over because he was the muscle of the shield. Seth was the high flyer, the exciting in-ring worker. Ambrose was the leader, the guy who was on the microphone the most. And Rollins, or Reigns was the muscle. Big E is the muscle of the New Day. Without Big E... It's almost you almost don't take them seriously as a threat. Yeah, even even when the, the entrance came on, you, you didn't hear Biggie's voice. You don't see gyrations mm-hmm. coming onto the ring. So it, you could see you could see the New Day was actually missing something. But when it was just Biggie and Kofi, it was fine. But 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 without Biggie, it's a whole different thing for the New Day. Yeah, so that was something you had not noticed before, though. Yeah, because Biggie was been always been there. Woods has been gone a couple times because I remember he got married. That one time, so I know what to expect with just Big E and Kofi, but I never seen them without without Big E or just Big be Big E and Woods. No matter what, Big E has been, always been that constant. Do you think Big E will be around at SummerSlam? They're saying he's not gonna be. Well, he was in the graphic, but they say he's out, so I don't think so. And to me, that that just tells you right there who's gonna win that match. Yeah, I don't see how they win without Big E. Yeah. I I don't I mean hopefully it's a, a longer more entertaining match than what we got on Raw. Everything on Raw was so short, it really was. Except for a few things were not short, but it was not matches that <laughs> went a little long. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dudley Boys came out, put over Neville and Sin Cara. Is that going to be a thing now? Why, why is Sin Cara his tag team? Like, I can, and why was he dressed like Demolition? <laughs> <laughs> My thing is like, where's Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn should have been his partner. And that's like a dream team right there. And I feel bad for Sami Zayn because he put on another match to the candidate and had beaten by beating Kevin Owens and had so, all his momentum. And now he's not going. Now he's not doing anything. And he thinks he's not going to be on a SummerSlam card. He's on Superstars. Yeah, it makes no sense. It doesn't. So if that's what you're going to do with him, why did he even beat Kevin Owens? Exactly. This is why one of them should have been on SmackDown because one of them will have something to do. Yeah. Uh, the last thing on the tag team division, I forgot to mention it earlier. Another one of my favorite parts of Jericho's portion of the promo is when he said, you know, you've always had somebody to have your back. Now so do I. How are you doing? <laughs> Just the way he said it, perfect. Jericho, the Jericho renaissance is one of my favorite things <laughs> about WWE for the last three to four months. He's been phenomenal. Uh, the U.S. A lot going on involving the U.S. title last night. Uh, Lana and Rusev, one of the things that did drag on was their little wedding ceremony, whatever you want to call it. It's pretty brutal. It was very weird to watch. <laughs> they were getting booed, but it was not like heel booed. It was like, we don't it was, it was want to watch awkward. this booed. I heard, you, I, Corey Graves had he, he, we, Lana came down the aisle, he asked, Byron, let me get your handkerchief. <laughs> He's awesome. He is awesome. Um, Roman Reigns ultimately comes out to be the best man. The first thing I noticed when he walked out was he was not wearing the vest. He was just wearing a sleeveless T-shirt. Well, he does that from time to time. Does he? I don't feel yeah. like I, I don't remember yeah, he, ever he, seeing him without no, the he vest. No, he does that from time to time. So you don't think there's any chance that that's like a thing now? No, he's been doing that for months. Huh. Why don't I remember? I remember. I feel like he was always wearing the shirt over mm. the vest. No, he no, he would no, so he would just wear the shirt sometimes. All right. Well, so that's one less thing to get excited about. Uh, but he came down saying he's going to be the best man, give a toast, bad comedy, smiling, joking. Well, 
the I, exact Roman Reigns that I don't want to see. Well, I don't have a problem with him smiling and joking because anytime they have these wedding segments, the person who always crashes the wedding is smiling and joking around. I just felt like I know Lana's going to go into the cake. I don't need to see Roman trying to crack jokes or whatever. The one thing I did like, I liked the way he was pouring the, <laughs> the drinks. Sure. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that. Um, and I was just like, oh, you're just going to put him right back to, to be in this character? Like, it's not, it does not work. It will not work for him. And to me, the whole thing got turned around at the end of the show. I guess we'll get to that in a minute. Well, well back to the Roman thing. Yeah. It, like, they're trying to get cheap pops for him because anybody that crashes the wedding and, and saves you from an awkward seven is going to get a cheap pop. Lana going into a cake is going to get you a pop. But the thing is, with Roman, people still kind of boot him a little bit. But this is why I wanted you to cut for the, for YouTube and okay. Facebook. Because I don't understand people can hate Roman Reigns. I really, I really don't. Like, you can hate... Why do you hate him? Like, honestly, there's another reason to hate him. If you... Like, you can hate creative... That's what you hate. You hate what they're doing with him. You don't, yeah, you because, should not be hating him. Because they made no sense. For example, when he, they, they had him over for a minute when he won the world title in December. You go to Royal Rumble, and then you don't even screw him. You have, you, he basically lost clean. You have to take a nap, and he loses clean. The year before, you leave him... You leave him in the rumble with Big Show and Kane like it's two thousand all over again. Like we think he's like we think, but Big not Sean, in a good way. Not in a good way. Yeah, <laughs> like, like like we think the Big Show and Kane are gonna win. You, how don't I don't know what people care about Roman Reigns because nowadays people just they're programmed to think certain things. They're scared to have an opinion. They just jump in to see what everybody else is doing. They're programmed to hate what other people hate. There's no reason to hate Roman Reigns. This guy has delivered every single night. Every show for the last two years, this, this man's been—he hasn't had a bad match. The only bad match I'll say he was had was his feud with Bray Wyatt because Bray Wyatt should not be playing a heel because he can't carry a match. A heel carries a match most of the time. Bray Wyatt can't carry a match for the most part, and Roman has to play from behind. Other than that, other than that, Roman Reigns been match of the year candidates almost every almost every month. There's no reason to boo that guy. He, okay, so he doesn't lose. What top face doesn't lose? I can count on, my, on one hand how many times Stone Cold lost clean. He never yeah, lost clean. Happen. It doesn't happen. He, it doesn't happen. Roman Reigns has delivered every single time he put him out there. And he's a new guy. He is, is, is He's the top guy, and he's the new guy. So that, that's what happened. The new guy is going to win. So the reason you should not hate Roman Reigns is not because he's a hand-chosen guy. Be mad, do not like Roman Reigns. Because, don't, actually, don't even, you can like Roman Reigns. Just do not like creative. Because they're the ones who are doing this stuff to mess him up. But Roman Reigns delivers every single time. Like even when he, um when did he jump over the top of the um the top rope before WrestleMania was it? It was before Mania, yeah. Before Mania, and they said, and they like oh suck. and they said you still suck. Like come on, really? You're like you're really scared to have that that much of an opinion. You you're gonna cheer him and they say oh you still suck. Like why? It's not cool just to chant just to boo him for no reason. This guy impresses us every single time. Delivers every time. I can't remember him having a bad match. You cheat him. You cheat him in the shield. The shield never lost. So why are you gonna boo him now? Yeah, they beat Evolution clean with yes in an elimination match where nobody from the shield was eliminated. Exactly. They shut them out. Exactly. <laughs> and that's Triple H. Exactly. <laughs> Makes no sense. Triple H who puts nobody over. Oh, he put. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, I completely agree with you. I don't. I get not liking the concept of Roman Reigns. Like I get not liking that. Oh, this. Really, I think honestly, what it is, it's like a lot of childish. Like, well, he's not my favorite, so I don't want him to be the guy that wins all the time. And it's like, okay, yeah, well, 
people, sometimes your favorite isn't going to win all, unless your favorite is the guy. Yeah, people trick themselves into hating him for for no reason. This guy delivers. Like like we make jokes about Cena. I don't hate Cena. I just hate the results of what happened. It's like okay, this may no. I understand somebody has to win and lose. But I'm like, okay, this is a perfect time to get to to make somebody. That's my problem with him. I don't hate John Cena. Yeah. Now, do you think there's any chance that whatever he does with Rusev going forward, I think it's pretty clear they're not going to make him a heel. I just don't think they want to do it. Do you think this is going to ultimately gradually get him over? Like, I feel like the crowd started to warm up to Cena while he was the U.S. champion. Because it was like... He's not in the main event. He's not typically, he did have a world title match with Seth Rollins, but he's typically not in the world title picture. He's in a different part of the show, and he's helping to make that part of the show better. And he's helping to make these younger guys he's working with better and helping to put them on the map, whether they win or not. That, to me, that was what made me start coming around on Cena, that whole run with the U.S. title. Do you think there's a chance... I don't know if he's going to win the U.S. title, but do you think whatever they're doing now is going to help him get over? Well, that's a question from the lowdown lord, no relation. He won't know if this would get Roman <laughs> over as a face. And my thing is, yes, because I do think that going back down to the mid card and putting on phenomenal matches and maybe actually putting a guy over. Like I said last week, this is a perfect chance to put Rusev over. You move this guy down to the mid card from a suspension. <clears throat> And you, you so-called need to punish him or, 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 or attempt to punish him. This is the perfect way to punish him, if you want to call it a punishment. Have him put Rusev over clean in the middle of the ring. If you want Roman to, to, to have the U.S. title, have Roman win the U.S. title the next month of Clash of the Champions. You, you can still make Rusev and make Roman at the same time. And like I said, if Roman loses, this kind of humanizes him a little bit and not make him look like Superman. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they need to do with him. I think they need him to be a little bit relatable for a while before he gets there. But, yeah, to your point, Stone Cold never lost. The Rock didn't lose after a certain point. It's just the way it goes. You kind of just have to deal with it. And it's unfortunate if you happen to be a Dean Ambrose fan and you're feeling like, oh, well, my guy's never going to be the guy. Sometimes that happens. Um, So Roman gets a SummerSlam match for the U.S. title. Cesaro beats Sheamus again. He decides he wants his title shot. It ends up being for the U.S. title. Sheamus ends up helping Rusev win. And I was a big fan of the way Raw went off the air, where Roman came down, hit the huge spear. Rusev couldn't have sold it any better. (laughs) And then Roman just walks out. uh, This is almost like the... The answer to the RKO, RKO out of nowhere is just the walk-off spear. <laughs> I don't know if I coined that. I don't know if anybody else has said that. But it was a walk-off spear. He hit the spear, walked right out, end of the show. I liked that ending. And I think Rusev is the type of bigger guy who can have a great match with Roman. Yeah, I think that awesome. match is going to be great. Yeah, Rusev is awesome. I think it's going to be a great match. Both of them, I think, are going to be better, better off afterwards than they are before. Um, how did you feel about Cesaro getting his promised title shot already? Well, and losing. Are, are, are we going to talk about the whole D. Bride Mick thing too? Or we'll get to that, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, I kind of want to talk about that as a whole because I, I have that as a whole thing. Okay, so that made no sense. <laughs> I haven't said that in a long. The whole segment or Daniel Bryan coming on Raw. That whole segment it made no sense. I haven't said that in a long time, but this is WWE's back to their old stuff. That made no sense. Because you build this up all night, 
you put it on, even all that you put it on social media that Mick Foley's invited Daniel Bryan to Raw. Why are you inviting the Rock? He did nothing. He talked about oh you were talking about us on talking smack and the Ruzer comes out, who's awesome. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. I'm the best champion you have. I'm like that Ruzer was awesome. He's fun mm-hmm. no matter what. But then you have Cesaro come down who beat Sheamus again for whatever reason, and then you say okay we're gonna have a U.S. title match and you know Cesaro's gonna lose because you just beat Rusev and in um, Roman for SummerSlam and now you have you have Sheamus calls the title. Sheamus, you have Sheamus cost Cesaro the title, and then Shame, and, and then now it's like Sheamus and Cesaro the thing, and there's no reason for it for this to be a thing because he beat he beat him twice already. I don't want to see that again. The matches were boring. Even much I love Cesaro, the matches really weren't fun. They were boring. <laughs> I like the match. It's just that it it ultimately led nowhere. Yeah, like this guy beat you twice. What what else do you have to pick with this guy? He beat you twice. And yeah, it's gonna keep going on. Yeah. And. Like we said, maybe this will give them something to do with Cesaro down the line, and that whole title shot thing is, you know, came and went already. Yeah, but the thing is, this could e- like Cesaro and Rusev could have easily been the, the the match for SummerSlam. I'm sure you could have found yeah. somebody else for Roman. You could have had Kevin Owens for Roman. You could have had Sami Zayn for for, for for Roman. But this Cesaro Rusev thing could have been a SummerSlam match. But you give, but you throw it away on Raw, and now it's stuck with Cesaro and Sheamus still. Yeah, um, I do have a question that relates to this. Before we get to that. I just wanted to comment on Daniel Bryan and Mick Foley. What I liked about this is that I liked that Mick, that edgy side of him, came out last night. Where he confronted Daniel Bryan about making fun of the Universal title. And Daniel Bryan kind of laughed it off. Oh yeah, the Galaxy, the Milky Way Galaxy. He said, it's not funny. It's yeah. not a game. In the last of what, two minutes? Mm-hmm. They could have gone somewhere with that. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking this is when, like this is going to end the show. Because you've been building this all, all day on Twitter and Instagram and whatever. And then you, you, you build this up all night, you end it with the show, you have a main event to show. But the one thing I'll say is that makes me feel like I don't want the actual wrestlers to be going back and forth. Maybe there'll, there'll be some type of battle that happens down the line, which is fine. But I don't mind Daniel Bryan showing up at Raw or Mick Foley showing up at SmackDown because they're two guys who like each other who are now competing against each other. And I like them being able to butt heads over the competition that they're in now. Yeah, and then... Like you saw, they, they ended up not quite as friendly last night as they were two weeks ago, or mm-hmm. they were the week before that. Yeah, and then Cesaro, so-called disgruntled, why don't you have Daniel Bryan kind of talking to Cesaro, Mick, Mick saying, hey, don't talk to my guy, he's, he's a Raw guy, don't talk to him. Because Cesaro's saying he doesn't want to be on Raw anyway. Yeah, he's definitely saying that. Uh, we have a question from Joe Lafferty this week, good friend of the show. Sorry guys, but Enzo stinks. <laughs> His match was awful. I don't think he's funny either. Awful segment, especially when I consider that Zayn was not on the show. I believe Cass has a future. He and Strowman will come face-to-face again in the Rumble, and Vince will love uh. him. Cesaro and Zayn should be on SummerSlam. How do you fit them in? Please fit them in. Also, mark it down. Ambrose vs. Austin at Mania. Don't rest on your laurels. So, first things first... How would you manage to squeeze Cesaro and Sami Zayn into SummerSlam? Well, Cesaro and Sheamus is still a thing, unfortunately. Sami Zayn, I have no idea because he's done nothing since um, Battleground. He he fought Seth Rollins last week, and that was it. He's done nothing. I thought it'd have been a perfect spot for him to be Neville's tag team partner. I guess Adelie's, and that could be a new tag team because because like we love two guys that are thrown together to make a tag yeah. team. Both of guys are both of guys are awesome. They're both former NXT champions. They both are amazing in the ring. So have them as a new tag team and go against and go against Gallows and Anderson and all the other tag teams in the division. Yeah, I feel like 
How to fit Cesaro in, they may just do like a pre-show match. Do with him and Sheamus. With him and Sheamus. That's not how I would want to see it happen. Sami Zayn, honestly, there's nothing for him that makes any sense but to run in on the then screw Kevin Owens. Like, there's nothing else for him. That's why one, the one of them should have been on SmackDown. <laughs> That's literally the only thing for him that he I could see him fitting in at this point. Like, I don't know where you go. It's less than two weeks away. A week, it's what, ten days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have no time to find something for him. So, I I guess I'd throw Cesaro in another match with Sheamus, and I'd have Sami Zayn interfere in the Kevin Owens match. If they're going to be on the same brand, that feud is clearly not over. I don't know. Do you have any, any different suggestions or anything else you would do going like from now? Trades. <laughs> Trade somebody. Like This makes no sense. Sami Zayn should be on the show. There's no reason he can't make Raw. So do you think then maybe there's a chance Daniel Bryan can initiate a trade for Sami Zayn and Cesaro? Possibly, but I, I maybe would that would be their involvement in some exactly. That would be awesome. Have some have some kind of like tampering issues or something like that. But there's no reason Sami Zayn shouldn't make Raw. No, uh, I could not agree more with that. Like when we got Braun Strowman <laughs> in that horrible choke. <laughs> that choke time is so bad. Oh, the reverse choke slam? You don't you don't love that? The, the reverse throwdown or whatever you want to call it is so bad. When the guy doesn't land flat, he just yes. lands on, on his side. It's, it's <sighs> very it's very weird, the whole thing. Yeah, Braun Strowman is, is not getting it. His, his entrance music is awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, Brock and Orton. We had a vignette for that. WWE, as we always say, does a great job of that. Uh, that I honestly felt like that kind of was more of what Foley and Daniel Bryan talked about. Obviously didn't happen. Orton has an interview on SmackDown where he says he's the legend killer. I honestly am going to go out on a... I honestly believe Randy Orton's going to beat Lesnar at SummerSlam. I think I'm going back and forth with it. I really have come around on that being the most likely outcome. I I just I don't know why else they they would really do it. Like, what does Brock have to gain by beating Randy Orton? Brock's only there a couple times a year. But what does Randy Orton have to gain? He's he's a, he's a twelve time champion. He's already made guy too. Well, what what he has to gain is John Cena is going to be part time going forward. It gives that it establishes him as like their top established star if he beats Brock Lesnar. And if he's going to be there and you're trying to make him relevant again, what better way to make him relevant than beat the guy that nobody can beat? And the only guy that beat him is what? The Undertaker, and that was from a low blow. Yeah. The, uh, so I know you said you didn't watch the Dean Ambrose interview. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Austin. And too I don't much, know. Too much wrestling. I don't know what you've heard from it. Um, I've heard mixed reviews. Did you hear his comments about Brock Lesnar? No. So, Austin asked him about WrestleMania. I know we all had complaints about the WrestleMania match. Austin asked him what it was like to walk down that ramp in front of 100,000 people, walk down to the ring to fight Brock Lesnar. He said, I walked out to the ring pissed off. And Stone Cold asked him why was he pissed off. He said, basically, because I felt like I was pulling teeth to get Brock to do anything in this match. He said, well, what do you mean? Just clash of styles? He said, I feel like I was working so hard, coming up with all these ideas, trying to make this the most crazy, epic match it could have possibly been, and I was met with laziness. He said, let's face it, Brock Lesnar only cares about Brock Lesnar, 
and ultimately nothing I wanted to do would he do. Hmm. He that said, explains that horrible match. He said I walked out there not knowing what was going to happen because there was no plan. He said we walked out. He said I just figured once we get out in the ring together it'll be okay. But um, so yeah, we hit each other with some stuff. I got suplexed a bunch of times, and and that was it. So that does tell the story of why that was a disappointing match. Brock Lesnar just didn't want to didn't want to invest in in doing it. The other thing that Austin said, and this goes back to friend of the show Joe Lafferty's comment about Austin and Ambrose at WrestleMania 33. Austin challenged Ambrose at the end of the interview. He said, I challenge you to push the envelope, to take chances, take risks. Like, whatever, everything you're doing now, try to amplify it even more. Um, you know, get edgier, whatever. And he said, I feel like you are resting on your laurels. Basically, like, you got to the top and you're satisfied with that. I want to see you push harder. And a lot of fans... We're kind of pissed at Austin for saying that. They like basically he insulted him, saying like you know you're just satisfied with where you are. To me, I took it as Stone Cold Steve Austin is arguably the greatest to ever do it, arguably the most popular to ever do it. To me, the fact that have you heard Austin challenge anybody else? No, I've never heard it. The fact that he challenged him, that he said I want you to do more. To me, that's like him giving Ambrose the stamp of approval. Like, I believe mm-hmm. yeah. he could be this. We, we've been saying, we made the joke before about him being Austin Light or the PG Austin. I think Austin sees that and says, I want to see you reach that. To me, that's like a compliment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel the same way, but yeah. to, me, that, to me, that's a big deal that he would even take the time to say it. Yeah. He said, you know, all due respect, but like, I'm challenging you. I want, I want to see the, the most out of you. I want to see you reach the heights you can possibly reach and I want all these fans to see it so I had no problem with it I thought it was awesome and if I was Ambrose Ambrose said he was offended but he said you know you kind of woke me up a little bit he's like you made me see that like it's one thing to get to the top it's another thing to stay at the top and like I said that's the stamp of the stamp of approval from Stone Cold Steve Austin so I thought it was great that he sees that much in Ambrose Mm -hmm. like I said I've never heard him say that to anybody else that kind of tells you everything you need to know. What do you think about the the Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler, Wyatt family story on SmackDown? SmackDown, SmackDown. <laughs> uh, like Bray Wyatt, like they have him out there again just to lose, which makes no sense. But where's my Dolph Ziggler heel turn? Like, like, where is it? The one thing Bray did great was I love when he had Dean and sister Abigail, and then he and he switched around and so Ziggler can come. I love that part, and then the heat between the two backs. Say Ambrose, say, I'm gonna get you back. Yeah. But this match, this didn't really build anything towards the match. I said, where's my Dolph Ziggler heel turn? You said I thought they were gonna turn him heel. You said they weren't. I'm a, I completely agree now because you can't turn him heel a week on the go home show. <laughs> Yeah, there's no point to do it. Exactly. Especially when his role last week was he came out to help Ambrose against the Wyatt. Exactly. Like he came out to to run into the ring and be on his side. Exactly. Which so you said something earlier made no sense. I guess it was the the last segment of Raw. This made no sense. This whole thing makes no sense. Yeah, I, I like Dolph still all business. He's not out there showboating and all, but they did nothing. Like, where's like Dean Ambrose got him back, of course, but it's just a simple baby face back back and forth. Like, where's my heel turn? Yeah, if anything, Ambrose has been more the heel exactly. in this scenario. Exactly. <laughs> and he's your baby top baby face champion. Exactly. Yeah, it makes no sense. And again, the Wyatts lose again. They're 
they're like almost already meaningless. And he said, you know, this is my show, I'm going to take over. And I don't remember if it was the announcer I'm not going to name or who it was. Said like, oh, you know, the, the initiative, Brock Lesnar's a new man since the brand split. He's, you know, he wants to take over SmackDown. It's like, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything but lose exactly. since SmackDown started. SmackDown Live, we have not seen Bray Wyatt win, I don't think. He's lost, he lost in what, the six-pack Well, he match. wasn't pinned. Yeah, but he lost to Ziggler, and then last night he technically didn't lose. Eric Rowan took but the But the Wyatt's lost. Yeah, the Wyatt's lost. And it's just them kind of getting pushed down over and over and over and over and over again. By the way, get David Otungo off my television. How bad is he? Like, like I'm... Like him saying major key is the equivalent to Vince Russo saying bro. <laughs> <laughs> he does say it all through the show. It, it's ridiculous. He, get him off my TV. Yeah, I I don't want him on there either. Like I said, Raw got three guys for every two SmackDown got, so let Raw have three announcers and let SmackDown have two. JBL and Morrow would be just fine. Yes. J, JBL actually gave Michael Cole a shout out. JBL was JBL's been fine. I've had a problem with JBL. He plays very well for Morrow. My thing with SmackDown is they need to do something to grab people's attention because they've done nothing. Like the, I like the first the first SmackDown, Smackdown Live show the best so far. They had a tour going on, so Cena, AJ, and the Usos and Brazil. Yeah, that was there. Uh, they were like a glaring. Glaringly missing last night. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You could tell that the show was missing something. Like you have all the tag teams come out, but you had probably the, the best, the so-called quote-unquote best tag team. With the so most. did SmackDown miss AJ and Cena more, or did the New Day miss Big E more? SmackDown, <laughs> SmackDown, because SmackDown has to grab my attention. Because I refer back to the original brand split with the SmackDown Six, where where they made SmackDown the A show. Those guys went out and killed themselves. For, for two or three months to get SmackDown recognition to be a better show than Raw, uh, maybe when the tag, maybe when they start bringing the tag, the, the new set of tag titles, American Alpha, they're 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 they those level type of competitors where they can put on this phenomenal matches, and then who knows you could throw in with Harper and Rowan because Harper and Rowan they've had amazing matches with the Usos. You could have them go, you have American Alpha going against the Usos. You could have them go against Brizongo and have those matches that you people will, that will get people talking because the SmackDown Six was nothing but a bunch. Of, well, Kurt Angle and ben, Kurt Angle was the only one that had been world champion at the time. Yeah. But at the time they were six mid carters that elevated a brand by themselves. And yeah, SmackDown so far has kind of just been a pretty standard wrestling show. Yes. They have not done anything different. It's just live. Yeah. It's really the only difference. There's no spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the women of SmackDown. Yes. I've been waiting to talk yes. about this. So good. Is is Eva Marie the best heel in, on the brand? Yes. So good. <laughs> that was so good. I, I, I know we all wish she botched holding her shirt up, but it, it was <laughs> yeah, so that, good. If there was one thing she was going to botch, <laughs> it should have been that. Like, what woman nowadays would... Have a match called up due to a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> Only Eva. So good. Did you see her, her um backstage interview? On I didn't. Uh, I saw something about it and I forgot. It to was watch so it. good. What she was saying. Well, you know, last week I don't want to hurt myself because it's all about in this company. It's all about longevity. <laughs> 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 and and then she was like, "Well, what if that's the most embarrassing thing a woman can ever go? <laughs> so I, I can't go out and do that. But I'll be ready. I'll be I'll be ready next week." Yeah. So the the layers they put on this with the first live SmackDown when all the women's roster came out, and she came out it was the first time we heard the uh, the voiceover. Of all of her accomplishment, all of her great qualities, so annoying, so perfect for her character. 
And then when she dropped down from the turbo, she sold it like she don't she wanna do it again. And then when she came and then, and then later in the match with Alexa Bliss, the, the announcer said, Okay, even Marie's ready to come back. Yeah. Yeah, so, that, so that, that's where I was going. She comes out the next week, you know, same same annoying introduction, comes out the injury. And she has to walk out, can't have the match. Then they say, Okay, she's gonna really make her debut tonight. <laughs> comes out, same entrance, wardrobe malfunction, right to the back. Becky calls out any open challenge to the women's roster. Alexa Bliss comes out. When Becky gets the upper hand, yeah, boom, her music comes back on. The announcer says, you know, ready to compete now. (laughs) So good. Total distraction. Cost Becky the match. And then, you know, she's being interviewed afterwards. Well, you know, I did everything I might... The injury's 100% healed now, so I'm ready to go. I ran back and got the wardrobe malfunction taken care of as fast as I could, but Alexa stepped up. But yeah, I'll definitely be ready to go next week. So good. So I told you last week, I hope that this is going to be an ongoing story. Hopefully with a second week of it, it really is just a second step, and they'll just keep dragging it along. I just love that they're trolling fans, because it's so rare that you actually hate a heel. Like, we all love Kevin Owens. Mm -hmm. We all love Chris Jericho. Uh, some people love Bray Wyatt, not everybody. We all love Seth Rollins. The top heels in the company are mostly liked. The only heels, the only good heels I can think of that are really disliked are The Miz and Eva Marie. Yeah. And to me, that you can't you can't book a heel the same way you did back in the day. We know too much now, and we appreciate the work that goes into being a heel. When you can just capture the real hatred. And just keep pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And keep getting that genuine reaction where people are irrationally hating this person. Like, she didn't really do anything wrong. It's not her, like, they signed her to a contract. It's not like she said, hey, I can't wrestle, so sign me to a deal. They just said, like, oh, you're gorgeous. We'll sign you to a deal and see what we can do with you. That's what they're doing. That's what they're supposed to do. Now I think she's a heel that can make them money. Yeah, so good. Like... The dirt sheets listen to the show. Because there are reports now saying that she's expected to win their women's title. I got so many people mad on Instagram last night saying she's don't watch them put the title on her. And, and one, a friend of the show, Elite Collector 215, he was saying that she's she talking talk, talk about, how, well, she's not that good in the ring. I'm like, okay, but this is World Wrestling Entertainment. For entertainment purposes, she'll be perfect for the title. Imagine how much heat she will get. And I, imagine the way she'll win the title. I can see her win the title doing no work at all. That's exactly what I want to happen and believe. And, and, and act like she broke a sweat. <laughs> no, I think it's awesome. I think that they... Because the internet wrestling community, whatever you want to say about them, they get set in what they what they like, what they don't like, what they love, what they hate. And if they hate something, they will never turn around on it. Mm-hmm. So why not, this is what I wanted to happen with Roman. You guys want to hate him? We'll make him the best heel in the company. And you guys can hate him all you want. And you know what? You're probably going to end up liking him. <laughs> they, they're capitalizing on this with Eva Marie. And like I said last week, you know how much, how over the baby face is going to be that wins that title from Eva Marie exactly. if they give it to her. I almost want her to come out with the Divas title. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, that would be so good. I mean, I hate the Divas title, but it would be absolutely perfect just to troll the fans even a little more. I I love what they're doing with her. I can't wait to see where it goes. I wonder what you're doing next week. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's my favorite part of SmackDown last night was, was that. Yeah. Um, 
Alexa beats Becky. I love how vicious Alexa is. Mm-hmm. Even the cover. Yeah. When she leaned back and like had her elbow yeah, and, and in and her when face. And she, when she, stuff, she stuffs your face down. Yeah. She... This is another thing. I have this in my notes. It's it's sort of like what I said about HBK earlier. HBK was smaller than everybody, but he had this swagger and the way he carried himself that you believed that he could beat up whoever he was beating up in there. And Alexa is the smallest girl on the roster, I believe. But you believe she's that mean, she's that nasty. Like You believe that she is doing what she's doing. Again, I don't believe it's a real fight, but you can buy into the fact that she's so mean and nasty that she could end up beating up whoever she's in there with. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great performance from Alexa. What did you think of... Oh, I almost forgot about this. Another highlight for me. When Eva was coming out for the first time and they were talking about the injury and JBL said, oh, just, just a speed bump on the road to, <laughs> on the road to whatever the road to glory or the road to the top. Oh speak speaking of JBL, I think I think um who's on this show? By, is it, who's on the show? Oh Otonga. She was like, what about Eva's more what about Eva's injury? Oh JBL, JBL was like, oh she's about to put on a clinic. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I <laughs> okay. if, if not for the injury she was she would have put on a clinic and then he compared it to the Jordan flu game and she came back out. <laughs> I was a little annoyed at first that basically they just gave JBL Graves' gimmick to be in love with Eva Marie, but he has been just so <laughs> wonderfully over the top with it. The fact that all she did was walk out and he said this is the, like the Jordan flu game was perfect. What did you think of Carmella and Natty's match? The match was fine. Um, Natty playing a... It's hard to watch Natty playing a heel now because we all know we all know how she is on Total Divas and how she is te- technically beloved. She's been doing good heel work on the mic though, mm-hmm. in her personality. Carmella, I think she's talking too much in her entrance. Just, Way too much. Just stick to the. Um, I'm from Staten Island. Bada bing, how to chi- how to chicken the ring. Just just stick to that because I think she was doing way too much your popcorn ring something like that. Just stick to just stick to what got you where you are. Yeah, they should not be trying to make her. The female Enzo, because that's not what she is. Her work in the ring has gotten drastically better over the last year. Well, she 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 can cut a, pro, a good promo, mm-hmm. but it's just when her, she comes out on her entrance, it's like with well, her cadence. I'm like you don't got to do that. Just if you want to do it, you could do it, but just don't. Like I felt, she said way too much. It went way too. To me, long. her energy on her entrance is what makes her entertaining. Yeah, getting into the ring, doing the moonwalk, and all that—that's what's entertaining about her. The, the bada being hottest chick in the ring. I like that. It's a good catchphrase. It works for her. But yeah, she doesn't have to be talking for you know a minute and a half mm-hmm. on the way down to the ring. I don't know if they just did that to give Natty time to run down and try to attack her again. Mm-hmm. I like that that went full circle, and I like that she got a win. Yeah. And I, you already know I love her her finisher. Mm-hmm. Does it have a name? Code of Silence. Okay, I don't don't even remember ever hearing anyone. Yeah, they call it. they call it. Okay, I didn't hear it. Uh, tag division, American Alpha, another squash match against. Mikey O'Shea and Mike Vega, <laughs> those two formidable opponents. They got more pop than Alpha did. Well, they did. The Ascension came down. They're the alive. The villains came down. The Hype Bros came down, all to take a peek at the hottest tag team in WWE. So sick. American Alpha gets the squash. A brawl ensues, and they clean house. Where was Brazongo? They won that tour. So that's why they weren't there. Yeah, what tour who's those two? Are they in they, Australia? They, they, yeah, there were there were a lot of events going on. They really were not prepared for this whole thing. No, it's it's glaring how yeah. unprepared they were for this brand. Yeah, 
I like the fact that your two biggest guys are not there for your third week live is just ridiculous to me. Yeah. I mean, I know you have people that bought tickets to that to see those guys, but kind of bigger fish to fry when you're yeah. trying to build this new show and your two top guys aren't there. Um, you still convinced that American Alpha are not the inaugural SmackDown Tag yeah. Champions? Yeah. Um, are they going to have a SummerSlam match? No. That card's stacked. I don't know what they would do on SummerSlam. I don't, I don't know either. Or Uncle Teddy can come and make a make a huge... <laughs> the what? entire, an entire uh, SmackDown the tag entire team roster. S- SmackDown tag team roster tag team match. Yeah, I don't know what they could do either. It's just kind of a shame they won't be there. Although they're brand new. They'll get their, they'll yeah. get their chance. Uh, we had an AJ Cena video package. Nothing. You know, it was just kind of the same old thing. Recapping everything we've already seen. What did you think of the Miz and Maurice's segment? Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. The way they ignored Renee. I was going to say, could they have been any more annoying? <laughs> the way they ignored Renee, it just it just started crawling, climbing over the table, and then they showed a video, and then they showed Apollo Crews' video, and they just completely laid up on the table well, staring at each other. Let's take a look at Apollo Crews. Why don't we take a look at Maurice? <laughs> <laughs> and them in the middle, kissing in the middle, while Renee is kind of like looking up at yeah. her two heads. Yeah, that, get, that would get genuine heat. But the way they just lay on a table, staring at each other's eyes, it was so yeah, good. It was awesome. Uh, Heath Slater, you know, appeals to Rhino. I need to uh, support my two kids. I just got a pool. Rhino asks, "What kind of pool?" He says, "It's above ground." All right, sorry, I can't help you. Well, what about my four kids? It goes from two kids to four kids. <laughs> he loses his match to Rhino, meaning he will not get his SmackDown contract. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon are ready to offer him a contract, but unbeknownst to him, Heath Slater goes off on the two of them, says, I don't need this place anyway. I'm too talented. Now he has seven kids who are going to go not taken <laughs> care of. I thought he had two. <laughs> he did, and then he had four, and then he had seven. Screwed himself right out of a contract. How much longer can this go on? I don't know. I'm interested to see where they go from here. I, I don't want it to stop. I... Heath Slater's entertaining. I don't know if people don't like Heath Slater. Heath Slater's very entertaining. It's it's another case of they put him in a bad situation that people didn't care about. And and and, and once panel that's it. I see that that guy's funny. He can cut a promo. Like he got the crowd chanting his name. Did you see his shirt? It said free agent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I popped when for the nameplate, it just said WWE free agency smash. <laughs> yeah. Heath Slater free agent. <laughs> Yeah, he's the hottest free agent, baby. I, I'm enjoying Heath Slater. I think it's funny. I think they should keep going with it as long as they can. I don't know how he's eventually going to end up on a roster. And I don't know which one he's going to end up on. But I look forward to, to this story playing out. you have anything else to add from SmackDown? Do better. It's ah, good. good. some good advice. Yeah, give us something to spend two hours on. After we spent three hours the night before on Raw. Yeah. You want us to watch both shows. Give us a reason to watch both shows. I enjoyed SmackDown a little more than Raw, actually. Because I thought, thought, like you said, everything everything on Raw was quick, match-wise. But to me, a lot of the talking just went on and on and, like, went nowhere. SmackDown, it didn't... Maybe just because it's one less hour. It was was a little better to me. Um, NXT... We had the much-anticipated debut of Bobby Roode. Tremendous entrance music. I, I'm still singing it. <laughs> I thought it was unbelievable. It was glorious. <laughs> um, 
I loved his promo where he put over NXT, he put over the fans, and then basically said, but I'm here to take it to the next level. I'm the only one who can. You know, you people aren't going to get it to the next level. I'm going to bring in CEOs and businessmen <laughs> and businesswomen, and we're going we're gonna to bring it up another notch. Great promo. Like I, I've only seen one Bobby Roode match in my life, which was the uh, Austin Aries match. Joey made me watch when uh, mm-hmm. Aries was about to debut. Um, had never seen him do any promo work. I was impressed. Oh, he's, he's a good talker. And a, a very good heel. Interesting heel. I know some of it is uh, shades of Ric Flair back in the day, you know, his expensive shoes. Uh-huh. His ex- he looks like a superstar from all down to his socks. But that works, and there is nobody in NXT quite like that. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to be a great addition. Yeah, he is. Poor, uh, James, poor James Storm. So <laughs> you, but you've had like experience watching this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, were you? Did you get what you expected from him? Was yeah. it better than expected? Yeah, or I, I got what, like, I got what I expected because I remember when I first started watching him when he first came in. He was um part, first part of Team Canada, and then he had this, he had this thing called Money Inc. Mm-hmm. where um he was basically like a businessman or whatever. And then he teamed up with James Storm to make become beer, beer money, money. And which was probably an era where tag team wrestling was dead. They were like really the only tag team that actually had longevity. Mm-hmm. They were a tag team still. Well, they broke up and all, but they were reunited in TNA before he actually came in WWE. But I got what I expected. I, I, I hope he does something at Brooklyn. I hope he does something. I, I wonder who's going to be with for his first feud. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with him. It's going to be Ty Dillinger because he's there to put everybody. He's, he's the good hand. <laughs> I could see that happen. And Ty Dillinger had some stuff to say to Conor McGregor, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, oh, I forgot what he said. I did, I did see it, but I forgot what he said. He said something like, there's somebody you forgot about. I could introduce him to you real quick. Or something along mm-hmm. those lines. Uh, we got the return of Hideo Itami. Very happy for him. Been out for a long, Year long a time. Like, there were times I actually forgot he was even in NXT. Mm-hmm. That's how long he was gone. Thought he had a good match. Yeah, they needed him. They needed, the star power. They needed some star power. Yeah, the crowd was behind him. Mm-hmm. You know he was happy to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fun to watch. His, I don't know, not even his shoulder, like his armpit looks all jacked up. It's like almost like there's uh-huh. like something missing. Almost like he suffered <laughs> from like a shark bite. I don't know if you noticed it. I, I I couldn't like take my eyes off it once I noticed it. But happy to see him back. We have Bailey and Asuka. I enjoyed that story. I did too. Bailey. You know, doing her interview, saying she's ready to get the title back, she's going to get it back, and Asuka saying, "Oh, you think you're ready? Come watch." And she went to commentary. Never expected Asuka to go grab a chair and put it right on the ramp, and have her sit ringside basically to watch. And I love that she was looking at her through the whole match. Yeah, like everything she did, it was like, "Did you see that? Did you see that?" Um, and then Bailey coming in to kind of save Aaliyah from the beating. Are they possibly going to make Asuka a heel? Or are they just trying to make her well, be able to play off of Bailey? I don't know. I think it's because nobody's going to turn on Bailey. So in this situation, Asuka's, Bailey is the chaser. So Asuka may be seen as the heel in certain ways. But I thought well, Asuka was awesome. That was, that was excellent. For somebody, who, for somebody who isn't fluent in English, in a, in a situation where she has to has to rise. She's excellent. She has tons of charisma. The way she just grabbed the tech, grabbed the chair, slammed it down, mm-hmm. and just pointed her finger down yeah. and just smiled at <laughs> smiled at Bailey was awesome. I was sold from right there. And then, like you say, she was just she was doing all this stuff to Aaliyah and would just stare at her. And just, like the way she just pinned her and just picked her up. And Bailey's like, no, she just sold it. Like ba- Bailey, this is going to be you. 
I took your woman's title, but this is going to be you in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more edge from Asuka than we've seen. And then edge towards Bailey. They didn't have that leading into their first match. I mean, it was a slobber knocker to steal from JR of a first match they had. But it looks like they're going to ramp it up for this one. There's no chance of them equaling what Bailey and Sasha did at Brooklyn. Do you think there's any chance that Asuka and Bailey steal the show at TakeOver Brooklyn this year? Yeah. Do you think that's going to happen or do you just think they could? I think they can. I think it I I think they can. Depend yeah, I think they will because I already know Balor, I mean not Balor. Joe and Shinsuke is going to be awesome. I already know I already know that going in, but I know that this match has a different story. The the Dallas match didn't have much much of a, much of a story because it, like when they lost, like okay, Bailey lost. Yeah. Now it's like okay, Bailey, like even with this contract sign, I know what happens in this contract sign that they have to, that they're having tonight. So there's much more heat towards this. So Bailey's gonna have so much aggression going towards Oscar, and Oscar is going out to take out Bailey. What are the chances Bailey wins the title? I don't know. Because NXT needs Bailey. Still, to, still right now. Like I know they're still building up Billy Kay and Liv Morgan and um, Peyton Royce, and, and I, I told you the other girls they can't they debuted already. But I still think they need Bailey in NXT right now. Maybe maybe a few more months down the, down the line you could send her to WWE. But right now I still think you need Bailey. And then you got well you got Ember Moon coming in too. But I still yeah. think you need Bailey at this moment. So Ember Moon, they're hyping that as a big uh, like a big debut. I mean, I would assume almost nobody knows who she is. I mean, the people who are like the most hardcore NXT fans probably do, but that is a vast minority of people who watch wrestling. Ember Moon is not somebody who's coming in as a star already. She's just somebody who's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see her. I'm, I think she's going to be awesome. I think she's going to be fun to watch. And I think she's going to be huge at NXT. But I don't. She's nowhere close to being able to fill Bailey's shoes. Yeah. And it's going to be a while before she. It's a Bailey a while to get where she is. Yeah. Like when I saw Bailey at the first show in Philadelphia here in 2015, it was all about Sasha and Charlotte, and Becky was a close third, and Bailey was kind of fourth out of those guys. As much as people love Bailey, she was not quite where those those characters were. When we saw her this past time uh, in February, I mean, she she was stealing the show. She was the most entertaining thing about that show. She Finn Balor was on that show. Samoa Joe was on that show. It was the first time we saw Austin Aries in NXT. It was Finn Balor's return after mm-hmm. his injury, and Bailey was the most entertaining thing on that show. She had to steal another line from Vince Russo. She had the crowd eating out of the palm of her hand, and that was just growth over the course of nine months. It's going to take Ember Moon time to to grow to that level, if she even can. I mean, Bailey does not grow on trees. You don't get people like that that are that beloved yeah. very often. Um, tag division, your boys the Revival, trying to avoid Gargano and Champa, get called out by TM61. I mentioned last week, about how a lot of NXT wrestlers, their character is just that they're a wrestler. And I feel like Gargano and Ciampa are like Johnny Wrestling. That's your character. You're a wrestler. I thought he was super entertaining when they inter- interrupted their their interview. Mm-hmm. When he came in, ding, ding, yeah. ding. <laughs> I, and then at the end when TM61 
was like, oh, we just took that ticket from you. And we'll take the bell. I was like, well, well, don't take the bell. I like the bell. Because I think he even said at one point, he's like, well, the bell's not real. He's like, oh, I just took the bell. He's like, well, I like the bell. <laughs> I thought that was funny. They showed a little more personality than we typically have gotten from those two. Um, TM61 even got to show a little personality. Yeah. They were kind of an example I used, too, that they, they don't have a character. They haven't really shown much outside of the ring. It was good to see those two teams get to show a little bit. What did you think of that match? I thought the match was fine. Uh, it ended abruptly from a, from a DDT. When was yeah. that, that some nowadays? You see a DDT in the, a, a plain DDT in the match. You don't see it often. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say that it does not happen often. Stone Cold probably loved it. You know who else? Probably Jake the Snake probably yeah. loved it. Off a of DDT. Um, I did love Gargano and Champa dropping a Hollywood Blondes reference. Yeah. <laughs> And I like them calling, uh, calling what's his name, Arn or Tully, you know, whichever one you are. <laughs> Was did they make that match for Takeover? No, not yet. But it's going to spe- be speculation, yeah, because they got to start announcing the matches because Takeover is in a week, in ten, what nine days? Nine days. They don't have much time to yeah. do it. Do you think they win the the tag titles after that classic they put on? Well, that was what I was just about to transition into. Was cruiserweight classic. We can go out of order a little bit. It was the last match of the first round, and they l- truly did save the best for last. Yeah, Johnny Gargano against Tommaso Ciampa. I liked their promo they did before, where they basically said like we're friends, but you know Ciampa's like I'm gonna hurt you. Gargano said I'm gonna beat you. Basically, that match was great. I wouldn't put it as a match of the year candidate. Really? Yeah, it was. It was really good. But I just, if there's a handful of matches I've seen that I automatically would put better than that. But it was the best match of the first round of this. Well, I think they got more time because they got about Ex- well, that, and that's, ma- that's the thing. Is it, it also kind of ended a little bit abruptly. And that's the thing. If they would have gotten another six minutes, it might have been different. Yeah, because Morrow kept asking, but him and Brian kept talking about the time limit. But the thing is, I'm, I'm thinking they're talking about the time limit must be close to the time limit, but it wasn't. They still had like another eight minutes. Yeah. If you got to maybe 18 minutes, and it, maybe. But I do think this is a match of the year contender. Doesn't mean it's going to win just a contender. Because remember, Morrow even said, these guys are tag team partners? Chumper was killing Gargano. Mm-hmm. He destroyed Gargano. This match was excellent. Excellent. He told a great story because we already know Johnny, Johnny Gargano is the more beloved guy of the two. Ciampa was playing the heel. He went out his way to destroy. When he spit in his hand and then hit the yes. chop on him. Yes. <laughs> well, he slammed him into the into, into the um the um what is it, the the ring apron. Ring apron yeah. It was uh, like I, I cringe. I'm like ah, like that match was so physical. They said you would think these two hate each other, but they're actually tag team partners. It told an amazing story. When John and, and I, I love the finish too. Some of these spots, I'm shocked John got kicked out of. Like the power bomb into yeah. the backstab, I was like, whoa, that's it. Because I, I didn't I didn't watch this until today, so I didn't know who won. So I'm like, okay, that was it. But Gargano kicked out. I was like, oh wow. Then he rolls him up with a crucifix to win the match. And yeah, then, so it was like a technical move to get yeah. the win. And he did take a beating. He sold. He sold everything. Um, I thought though that the, the, my favorite part of this match was that it really put over how important winning the cruiserweight classic is. Like that these two guys who are tag team partners, you know, best friends, whatever, are going to kill each other like that. Just, it's not even for the championship. This is just yeah. to get out of the first round. <laughs> that shows you how important this thing is to win. I think it, they really put a stamp 
on the importance of the Cruiserweight Classic and, you know, advancing and being possibly the champion. Um, so that was an awesome match. Yeah. Best match of the first round. Smart to save it for last. Um, I think we all knew Gargano was going to win, but for a while I was like, oh, I don't think yeah, cause, <laughs> I, Yeah, because that was rough. Like After that powerbomb to that back, I was like, whoa. The fact that we all agreed he was going to win, and then the fact that I was watching, I was like, oh, I guess he's not. <laughs> I, that, I have to tip my cap to them for like you said, they did tell a great story. It was a really fun match. It was a brutal match. And I even liked the way it ended. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, Rich Swan. That was good. Really good match. I'm glad that we actually got to see him like for what he is yeah. and not just an enhancement talent on yeah. NXT. Angel even liked him. Really? Yeah, she did. So he's got a ton of personality, mm-hmm. ton of athleticism. That standing four fifty. Yeah, I never saw that. Me neither. That was awesome. Yeah, because <laughs> he jumped up twice. Like, what is he doing? I was like, oh, like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I was really happy that he moved on. It was fun to see it to get to see him put on like a full match where he won. I don't know how far he's gonna go, but that dude has, I think, a pretty bright, bright future. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Um, the was it Noam Dar? And Gerv Sierra, the other Bollywood boy. Mm-hmm. That match was okay. It was okay. They say he was the first Jewish born or the first Israeli. Something like that. Wrestler or he's something from like Scot- that. He's from he's, Scotland. He's from Scotland, but I think it was I think he's representing it. Well, he's from representing Scotland, but I think he's is from Israel or Jewish. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. I don't really know. Uh but he he advanced. I thought that was a that match was fine. I thought it was the the least entertaining of the four matches on last week's Cruiserweight Classic. Jack Gallagher. Mm. I was, and I may sound like a hypocrite based on what I said about Zack Sabre Jr. last week. I was super entertained by him. Yeah, I was too. Um, and as I was watching it and was super entertained, that's what I was thinking is like, I feel like if I say I liked him, you guys are going to be like, well, you didn't like Zack Sabre Jr. They kind of do a lot of no, he, Well, he thing. did more than Zack Sabre Jr. But yeah, he had a little bit more of an array of stuff he did. And. He performs it like he's enter- an entertaining character. Yeah. He, he almost looks like he could be in the Vaudevillains, yeah. for one. And he, there's just a personality that he's bringing to the table and like almost like a flair that he has. Where, you know, the one escape he did... He kicked his foot. Yeah, it, it's he did a lot of similar stuff to Zack Sabre Jr., but he did it in a much more entertaining way. And he did a lot more different stuff. And he won with his submission, right? Um, no. Oh, no. The knee bar was in the, in the match before that. He won it with a drop kick. corner drop kick. Yeah, corner drop kick. I thought he was great. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed him. Uh, I can't wait to watch him again. Even his, the guy he faced was all, was awesome, too. Yeah, that was a, a really fun match. That, what, he went on that springboard moonsault he did. Yeah. He off the ropes. Both ropes, yeah, right? Yeah, I was like, whoa. Either side of the corner. That was a great match. And um, Jack Gallagher may be the first guy I've seen who's whiter than Sheamus. Uh, yeah. I don't know who's darker. Uh, I, me neither. I think we need to see get them side by side. And what did Jack Geller weigh? Like 147 yeah, pounds? Something something like, like I think it was 147 pounds, yeah. He was a tiny dude, but super entertaining. Like that puts the entertainment in WWE, a guy like that. Yep. The, my one complaint about the, from my one nitpick about the first round is I feel like the second round matchups should have kind of coincided on each show more. 
Like maybe everybody on that show, whoever won, was going to face each other next round, not kind of all yeah. over the place. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would have made it a lot easier to follow who the next guy. I have no yeah. idea who's facing anybody in the next round. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if they did that, I'd be like, oh, okay, so now I know Rich Swan is going to face Dar, Gallagher is going to face Johnny Gargano, and it kind of builds into the next round automatically. Um, your thoughts on the first round of the Cruiserweight Classic? Oh, the first round was it was fantastic. I didn't have any problems. Was pro- I don't think there really was a bad match on, on in the first round. I'm looking forward to the second round because I know there's only I think there's only two matches per show and they have 30 minute time limits. I know one match went 22 minutes today, and I've heard great things about Cedric Alexander and Ibushi from from today. Yeah, I can't. That's kind of what I was hoping. That was another nitpick I had. Was like a lot of the matches were short, but four matches on a show, it's typically been between forty-five and fifty minutes. And everybody's not going to get a fifteen-minute match. So I think it's cool that now the second round, instead of four, it's two, and then you get to extend. Like now, I may get to see a lot more from Zack Sabre yeah. Jr. the next time he's on. It may change my my tune. Um, did we have any any more questions? Yeah. Well, this one. This has been going around on Facebook with the wrestle you love, wrestle you hate, you under, think I'm underrated. I'm sure you've seen it. So, I've seen it. I haven't had the time to, to answer it yet. So, so I guess we'll, now I Yeah, I, I so won't. we'll go round table. So I'll, I'll say one, and then, then um, you'll say one, I'll go to the next category. So, wrestler you hate. Wrestler I hate. I, I typically don't hate any wrestlers. So I'll pick somebody who I don't consider a wrestler, Goldberg. <laughs> I'll take that too. That's my pick to Goldberg. <laughs> Wrestler you, th- wrestler you think is overrated? Overrated. Hmm. If you have a couple, just name a couple. I'm trying to think. Who do I think is overrated? Maybe controversial. I'm going to say The Rock. I can see your point. I kind of stopped like by 2001. I didn't like The Rock I, I can, anymore, Yeah, I can, so. see your, I can see your point. That's the only one you and have? And when he comes back now, I'm just, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I have a couple. Um, Jeff Hardy. <laughs> I, should, I should have seen that coming. I can't believe I didn't. The second one may shock you, and I don't know, you may have something to say about this one. Rey Mysterio. No, I don't have anything to say. I agree. That's what I have to say okay. about it. Okay. I was never a huge... I thought he was, like, fun to watch. Now, but... You see, this is my thing with Rey Mysterio. When Rey Mysterio was in the mid-card, in the, the, well, the Cruiserweight division to the mid-card. He was a former Intercontinental Champion. And in the mid-card, in Tag Team Division, he was fine. I don't. This might sound messed up, but when after Eddie passed, and then he, then he he was in the main event and he he, he started mm-hmm. talking. I didn't like him. No, yeah, I, I, they, I didn't like that him. That was never the role for him. Yeah, it, it was that that wasn't the Rey Mysterio that everybody fell in love mm-hmm. with. That wasn't him. That's he doesn't need out to be, be, be cutting long promos like that. Doesn't. But when he went back to the mid card, his matches with Chris Jericho over the Intercontinental Title were awesome. Yeah, and that's why I love Rey Mysterio. I love him in that mid in that mid card tag team role, never in the main event. Yeah, agreed. All right. Wrestler you think is underrated? Hmm. I'm going to say Samoa Joe. I, okay. think a lot of, I think a lot of people like him, but I think because he has never made it to the biggest stage, one, I don't think most people know how successful the guy has been. Mm-hmm. I don't think people realize how good he really I didn't realize how good he really was until a couple months ago. So I, I say Samoa Joe. I love Samoa Joe. Okay. Cody Rhodes. Great one. And Matt Hardy. <laughs> Another good, Well, he may not be underrated for too much longer. The way, basically, Matt Hardy has basically evolved. Like, Jeff has been, Jeff's done his Jeff stuff for almost his whole career. He's been the charismatic nickname for a long time. 
Matt Hardy went through stages. He was the, the Hardy boy, and then he had the, his version one stuff, and then he was the I Will Not Die Matt Hardy. Now he's transferred. Then in, he went to TNA. He's like big money Matt, Matt, and then he was that's his broken guy. He's evolved over time. And important thing in wrestling is you have to evolve over time. And he gets overlooked because Jeff was the the risk taker. He, yeah. Jeff, people Jeff stole people's heart. By doing risk taking stuff, he was the first one we kind of seen do that stuff. And Matt just Matt Matt was at the time of the high fire, but he got mm-hmm. overlooked by Jeff, even though Matt was the better worker of the two. Yeah, that's a good one. Wrestler you love? Wrestler I love. I'll just say Seth Rollins. Triple H. Good one. Should have seen that one coming too. Wrestler you secretly like? Wrestler I secretly like. Is there anyone? I don't know if there's anyone I secretly like. I feel like I, I say I like stuff more than most wrestling fans. Uh, I guess this isn't a... You know what? I'll say Nia Jax. I feel like I like Nia Jax more than most people. Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah, you've done a complete 180 over the last three months with that one. It's just, it's just a secret. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestlers that bore you. Uh, Kane, Sheamus, Big Show. Sheamus, Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> That's about it. And uh, your favorite wrestler? Is this all time? Um, it is. It doesn't say all time. Well, the next question is goat. So you have to give your favorite wrestler. Maybe right, today. Sasha Banks. Okay. Um, Sasha Banks, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. Go. Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Heartbreak Kid. <laughs> That's a good segue into the next thing we have. I had a, I had a new friend of the show, Elite, Elite, Elite Collector 215. He made a statement that I found very interesting. Before that, do you think we should post that on our Facebook? Yeah, we, yeah we'll do that. We'll do that. He, he said a thought. He said, it was a picture of Shawn Michaels. He said, let me explain. If it wasn't for Shawn Michaels... The NWO doesn't exist. The Outsiders don't exist. DX doesn't exist. The Attitude Era doesn't exist. Follow me here. HBK started to click. How? Originally, he was in WWF. Maybe Hall was around in that time or not. But anyway, he sees Kevin Nash on WCW, on WCW television, says to Vince, I want that man to work with me. We can make him a big bodyguard for me. Vince brings him in. Apparently, they did not know how each other be managed with contracts. Nash comes in, and HBK makes him a star. It made him relevant in terms of Diesel. Hall and, they, from there, Hall and Nash met in with X-Pac. They formed the clique. They saw Triple H and WCW, and they brought him WWE and added him to the clique. National Hall made, made it big. Made, National Hall made it big, but became bigger when they jumped to WCW and formed the Outsiders. That after, that, that after a Hogan Hill turn, made one of the biggest hot groups in wrestling history, the NWO. The NWO caused Vince to compete to. The NWO caused Vince to compete, which formed DX. Don't care who originated DX, it just happened. DX helped bring in the edgy adult entertainment, later dubbed the Attitude Era, which made stars like Austin, Rock, Kane, Taker, Kane. Austin, The Rock, Taker, and Kane. Who was the root of all this? HBK. Nash gets the credit for the contract stuff, but that doesn't happen if, it, <clears throat> if he was never brought in as HBK's bodyguard. One of Hogan's best runs, which was his heel Hollywood Hogan run, wouldn't have happened if the Outsiders don't go to WCW and form the NWO to compete against WWE for the ratings. Again, HBK's 
HBK, Flair's biggest WrestleMania moment doesn't happen the way it did if it wasn't for H if it wasn't for who? HBK. You get my point by now. Comment your thoughts and opinions or if, or even facts if I am wrong in anything that I have mentioned. So we don't know this person's name. We just know him as Elite Collector. 215, yes. Elite Collector 215 from Instagram. Yes. I think that's pretty brilliant. I, I never really traced it back that far. I mean, mo most people would say, you know, the NWO revolutionized that era of wrestling. You know, people give credit to DX, Austin, McMahon. But that is true. The, the first domino to fall was HBK seeing... Kevin Nash and saying, oh, I want that guy. You know, the big guys won't bump for me. You know, the big guys don't want to lose to me, so I need a big guy on my side who will make them agree, basically, to lose to me. If that doesn't happen, I mean, he's right. None of the other stuff does happen. Kind of similar to Austin may not happen if the click doesn't have their moment at MSG and Triple H doesn't get taken out of winning King of the Ring. Things might have been very different. This goes back even further, and almost none of that stuff would have happened. Triple H may not have ever been in WWE if it wasn't for the click forming. So, he just solidified HBK even more so as the GOAT, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I told him, like, if if it was for HBK, they may not have been a Monday Night War. Hogan may have never turned heel, like he, like he said before. No, no Hollywood Hulk Hogan. There, there, would, there probably would have been no DX. There might not have been a China. There might not have been, like I said, the Monday Night War. What else did I, what else did I mention? Triple H was a factor, too, in the Attitude Era because he basically helped create the Screwjob. He helped create the Elimination Chamber and NXT. So if Triple H had come to WWE with Shawn My and be with Shawn Michaels, who knows where the state of pro wrestling would be today? Hmm. This is very interesting. I really appreciate you sending along that comment. I wish I knew your name to give you a proper shout out, but Elite Collector215 on Instagram. Great stuff. That really kind of blew my mind, actually, because I never really thought. Yeah, that it blew far my mind, too. It. I was like, oh, this, this is true. It's almost like the idea of time travel where somebody says, like, if you traveled back in time and killed a butterfly, <laughs> like, every other event in the course of history would be different. That's kind of like yeah. living proof of that. If any one of those, if that first thing didn't happen, None of the other stuff would have happened either, and who knows what would have happened. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty brilliant. Um, is there anything else? No, Any that's other it. Questions? Oh, and by the way, Throwback Madness will be available Monday morning for you guys so you can get ready for SummerSlam week. Yes, we reviewed SummerSlam 98, uh, Highway to Hell, and Madison Square Garden. Uh, stick around after the jump for our ta Matt Madness Tag Team Classic Bracket. Uh, but for now... For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd, hailing from his residence in Rio de Janeiro, I am Ron Pashery. We will see you in five seconds with the <laughs> Classic. <laughs> All right, everybody, if you hung in there this long, we have reached the portion of the show where we will choose the selections for the Matt Madness Tag Team Classic, the first annual. This is the inaugural Matt Madness Tag Team Classic. Some questionable uh, additions in here, huh? Who messed with my bracket? There's, there's a lot of debate about the bracket. We had a few pieces of input. I guess it falls on me. I ended up, you know, pr leaving the final bracket to be made. It's so I will take, yeah, I'll take the heat for the bracket. So, Alo, if you want to be upset, you can be upset with me. I guess we can get started. 
Guys, guys need to hug it out. <laughs> well, I'm not upset. I am. Yeah, I know. I know. Alo's upset with me. Uh, I'm happy with you. He's not upset with just me, I guess. <laughs> but I'm not upset with you. Right? No, no. So who wants to take the first matchup? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Where are we starting? Top. We're gonna start at the top left. We have. We'll post this on the. It is posted on the Facebook page. I'll probably post it on the video as well. We have the Dudley Boys against the Young Bucks. It's a tough matchup. It is a, it is a tough matchup. There's a lot matchup, to think about think. there, but I mean, for me, I have to look at the, the longevity of the Dudley Boys there, and I have to go to Dudleyville. Uh, I would go to Dudleyville as well. Joey! <laughs> would you put a pick the Young Bucks? Super <laughs> <laughs> you would have picked the young box? No. Okay. <laughs> so a clean sweep. Yeah, I didn't want a super kick party. <laughs> super kick party? Not no. tonight. We get the tables though. Alright. So Alo, the Steiner brothers, and Los Guerreros. <clears throat> Los Guerreros. Joseph? Steiner brothers in their prime. And I mean the Guerreros, Ari Guerrero obviously is really good. Uh his brother. Pretty good, Chavo. Mm-hmm. I'm going in the Prime Steiner Brothers. Prime Steiner Brothers? Well, we already knew what I was going to do. Yeah. Los Guerreros will lie, cheat, and steal their way <laughs> into the second round against the Dudley Boys. That'll be a tough matchup for them. All right, Alo. The Eliminators against Arn and Tully. Arn and Tully. Joseph? I truly... Honestly, don't remember much about the Illuminators. I mean, I know who they are. I was looking at it. Um, but I would easy go Arn. Arn and Tully. I would have gone with them as well. Another clean sweep. All right. An Attitude Era classic against a rock and wrestling classic. Joseph, I'll start with you. Oh, this is Too cool? This is tough. Too cool? Or the Heart Foundation. Too cool, man. I mean, honestly, though, watching some of these old pay-per-views, I forgot how... how Fun too cool could be at times, but uh, and how over they were. There's no chance of them being the Heart Foundation. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about your luck. So Heart Foundation, Alo, Heart Foundation. All right, I would have gone that way as well. Another clean sweep. All right, Alo, Demolition or well, I already know where you're going with this. Demolition or the Wild Samoans. I'm not paying any replacements. Demolition. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, Demolition. I would have gone demolition. The classic as well. in my era. Joseph, the Nasty Boys or the Rockers? This is another. This is an actual matchup back in the day. Well, see, if Nasty Boys were f- faced up against anyone else, maybe I picked the Nasty Boys because I did like the Nasty Boys. But the Rockers were just the tag team for me growing up. Rockers. All right, Rockers for me as well. Good insight. Clean sweep. Halo, <laughs> Eminem, or Harlem Heat. The family. <laughs> It's the way you gotta go. Yep. Hey, uh, Joseph? Eminem. Melts in your mouth, not in your hands. <laughs> I'm gonna go Harlem Heat. I like Booker too much. Yeah, Harlem cool. Alright. Joey Rodermill. Paul London and Brian Kendrick versus the New Age Outlaws. <sighs> Kendrick doing well in the uh, Cruiserweight Classic there, but you gotta go Outlaws. Outlaws. There's no. Oh, you yeah. didn't know? You better call. <laughs> Your ass better call somebody. That's, uh, that's enough of that. New Age Outlaws. Two words for you. <laughs> All right, Alo. The Road Warriors. Ooh. 
up against The Shield, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Road Warriors. <sighs> wow. wow. It might be tougher, but I mean, they didn't really have a Reigns and Rollins, Rollins didn't really have a long run in the tag team division. Road Warriors. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. They're an actual. We all know, we all know Ron picked team. Roman Reigns. <laughs> Any any tournament matchup. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns got to win. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a. It is a new day. So we have the new day against the Rock and Sock Connection. New day. Yeah, I knew that was coming. I'm gonna go with the World Tag <laughs> Team Champions. Uh, I would have definitely gone with the Rock and Sock Connection, but Alo, you got your way. Congratulations. Get them on my bracket. Proud of you for that. We have, all right, Joey, APA or the Hardy Boys? APA were a solid tag, tag team, but, I mean, Brother Nero over there. I'll, <laughs> I'll probably go Hardy Boys, Halo. personally. Hardy Boys. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I would have gone with the Hardy Boys as well. Damn. Halo, <laughs> the Midnight Express, or Edge and Christian? Edge and Christian. See what you think. Edge of Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go against Trying to avoid the, the queen sweep. I was trying to avoid the queen sweep, but. All right. The fabulous Freebirds against Triple H and HBK. Freebird rules. <laughs> I'm going to throw it to you, uh, Ron, with the uh, I'm going to go Triple H, Shawn Michaels. I'm going to have you be the deciding factor. <sighs> Man. Well, I have a track record of knocking my favorite all time wrestler out of <laughs> oh. tournaments. I'm gonna go with the fabulous Freebirds. So, 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 what's his name? Advances. Yeah, Michael Doc Hendricks. Doc Hendricks. Doc Hendricks advances. <laughs> All right, Joseph, the Hollywood Blondes or the Rock and Roll Express. I'm gonna go Hollywood Blondes. The Hollywood Blondes team. I'm gonna go with the Hollywood Blondes <laughs> as well. Alo, Team Hell No, or. Oh. The British Bulldogs. Uh, just for Dr. Shelby and therapy itself, so <laughs> I have to go Team Hell No. I'll go Team Hell No also. Oh, man. My favorite childhood tag team is gone. The British Bulldogs? Yeah. More than Killer Bees? I was a fan of that. Even more than the Killer Bees. I was a, fan I was a huge Bulldogs fan. I was a fan of uh, Davey Boy Smith. Davey Boy Smith. Dynamite. Oh, Dynamite Kid. They were awesome. Very good. All right, last matchup of the first round. The world's greatest tag team against the Outsiders. Joey, who are you going with? World's greatest tag team. <laughs> whoa. whoa. <laughs> you got to shake it up sometimes. The Outsiders. I'm going to go with the Outsiders, too. Can't go against them. <laughs> All right, on to the second round. The Dudley Boys against Los Guerreros. Who are you going with, Joey? <sighs> I'm going Dudleyville. I'm getting the tables. <laughs> getting tables. I'll get tables too. Testify. <laughs> you didn't even get a chance to, to get in for Eddie Guerrero. Nope. All right. Arn and Tully. Ooh, what happened? Arn and Tully against the Hart Foundation. Ooh. It's a tough matchup. I mean, it, you can go either way, but I, I Hart Foundation for me. Um, hmm. I'll go Arn and Tully. 
Yeah, I knew the big revival fan you are. Just based alone, the fact that I grew up hating WCW, I gotta go with the heart. Roman Reigns? (laughs) (laughs) Roman Reigns alone. (laughs) All right, Demolition, the actual longest reigning tag team champions of all time against the Rockers. Demolition. I'm going Rockers. Do I knock HBK out twice? <laughs> that's, your, that's your gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, it is. You it's gotta stop. You're not by every other tournament. You gotta st- stick with who you, who you are. All right. All right. Harlem Heat against the New Age Outlaws. Doggy style. <laughs> Go New Age Outlaws. Wow. So that's a clean sweep? Did I not even get to vote for Harlem Heat? No, you did not. Was that your pick? That would have been my pick. Yeah. Oh. So it's not a clean sweep, but... All right. So the Road Warriors against the New Day. Joseph? I'm going Road Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, I think you got to go with the Road Warriors. They're too... Uh, Come out and play. Too dominant. All right. Alo, this is not going to be a tough one for you, I guess. It is a tough one. Hardy, is Edge and Christian? So I'll, I'll let you go last on this one just to see. Joey, who do you got? Hardy Boys against Edge and Christian. This would be a great match. I mean, I, we've seen it before, but I would I wouldn't mind seeing it again. Maybe, <laughs> maybe throw a gimmick in there. I'm going Edge and Christian. I'm gonna go with the Hardy Boys. Hmm. Brother Nero, <laughs> due to longevity, I'm going with the Hardys. Whoa, Edge and Christian eliminated. Brother Nero. I knew you'd come. The reason I picked the Hardys is because Edge and Christian, they had better single careers. So the Hardys' longevity outlasted Edge yeah, and Christian. They were a great tag team. Send in the drums. There. <laughs> the fabulous Freebirds against the Hollywood Blondes. Ayla, who you got? Doc Hendricks. <laughs> How about you, Joe? Freebirds. All right. That's where I would have gone to. The only thing that would have made me pick the Hollywood Blondes is because I wanted to do that again. But you mean you mean Stone Cold can't got <laughs> you mean God damn you mean Stone Cold can't got the Matt Man Attack Team Classic gimmick? You, you, you can do that again when you cover the Cruiserweight Classic later. Okay, I'll do that. Uh, Team Hell No against the Outsiders. Who you got, Joe? Team Hell No. Halo. Mm. You go. Take the Outsiders. Ah. Outsiders. All Outsiders right. moving on. They changed the face of wrestling. I think they deserve it. The Dudley Boys against the Hart Foundation. Alo, who do you got? Dudleys. Hart. Hart Foundation. I'll go with the Dudleys. Demolition against the New Age Outlaws. Ooh. Mm. That's really tough. Who wants to go first? I'm going with the Outlaws. I'm going to Outlaws also. All right. So, uh, I would have taken Hart. Well, no, I would have taken Demolition. I would have taken Hart. I would have taken Roman Reigns over anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's your <laughs> thing. <laughs> the Road Warriors against the Hardy Boys. Where you eliminate Shawn Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have found some way. Uh, I, can't, I can't go with personal preference. I have to go with longevity and history. I'd go with the Road Warriors. Joseph? Road Warriors versus the Hardy Boys. 
the Hardy Bash. I got Road Warriors. Spiky, pa spiky pads and all. Yeah, it's probably where I would have gone as well. All right, the fabulous Freebirds against the Outsiders. Alo. Outsiders. I'm gonna shake it up and go Freebirds. Balls in your court. I mean, the Freebirds are legendary to the point where they still talk about the Freebird rule. Um. And the outfits. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Outsiders. Like I said, they changed, they changed the game in WCW, so I had to pick them. Joey, the Dudley Boys or the New Age Outlaws? Interesting Final Four we got going here. It is very it's, interesting. I could see any of these tag teams coming up with the uh, the Big V. <sighs> New Age Outlaws or the Dudleys? I'm gonna go Dudleys. Halo. <sighs> You go, please go. This is my favorite when Halo just cannot choose. He can't. He, he's <laughs> twisted. I'm debating if I should let him off the hook. Because it's my th it's my thing. This is my thing. Longevity and entertainment. Um, I love DX. I love the Outlaws. But it well, maybe that that can answer a fan question I saw in re in reference to this. It says, "Is this a popularity contest?" Is this a popularity contest? I don't think so. No. No. No, I don't. No, not at all. I think it's you know what we really if we saw the matchup today, where we thought it would think it would go, and the relevance of the teams, who was better tag team, ultimately. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It's not beneath me to just choose somebody because I like them. Yeah. But for the most part, we can tell it's not a popular contest for you because you're constantly <laughs> constantly limiting HBK. <laughs> it's anti-popular. I'll go Dudley's. Counterculture. Yeah, I was gonna go the Dudley's as well. All right. The second Final Four matchup, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal against the Outsiders, Big Sexy Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Alo, who do you got? Warriors. You go. See, this is tough because I'll go with the Outsiders. I'm going to go with the Road Warriors. The Road Warriors. I think a better tag team. The Road Warriors against the Dudley Boys in the championship match. Aaron, who do you have, the Dudley Boys or the Road Warriors? Well, the Warriors, they couldn't have great matches with everybody, but Dudley's can, so I'll go to Dudley's. I'm going to go Dudley's also. I, Where would you go just for... I don't know. I, I'm kind of glad I didn't have to because... To me, the Road Warriors are kind of what you think of when you think of a dominant Yeah, they were kind of prototypical. But the Dudley Boys have been around for so long now. They were in ECW. They were part of the Attitude Era. They've been around ever since. They're still around. And they've been relevant. I mean, they're, actually, they're, yeah, they're kind of irrelevant now. I guess they're just being used to get other teams over. But nine-time tag team champions. Very unique gimmick. Great finisher. Everybody still says get the tables. They they managed to keep that old Budweiser was out commercial <laughs> slogan going for relevant, twenty years. Relevant yeah. For a lot longer than it should have been. Yeah, so I probably would have gone with the Dudleys. Uh and you guys both went with the Dudleys, yep. right? So yes, the sir. Dudley boys are first ever Matt Madness tag team classic champions. So that's it. 
hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys, uh, you know, give us some feedback on the Facebook page who you would have chosen. Maybe your final four, your champion. Aaron, what is our next bracket and when? Is oh. it in October? No, September. And what is it going to be? Well, we'll, well, we will have the Matt Madness U.S. Open. We'll be crowned the greatest U.S. champion in history. So keep an eye out for it. Our next bracket will be the Matt Madness U.S. Open Challenge, I guess, where we will crown the greatest United States champion of all time. Feel free to give us suggestions. Feel free to make predictions of your own. Uh, I guess that's our show for tonight. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd, hailing from his residence in Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> for Mr. Sexy Punicana, now, then, forever, Joey Rodermill. And beyond. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week.